1: Hello, and welcome to the fans party. I am your host, Harrison Starr, aka BoilerHawk, aka HD underscore Star. Joining me, as always, the one, the only, the Harmon Chilabrew, Ben Ross, at renboss 23 if I remember that correctly. What's up, man?
0: Something like that. Yeah, hi, you can call me Drell because I... Take a bunch of now legal drugs and go <laughs> and officiate a basketball game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, I normally we shoot the breeze to start this and and we'll get to that in a little this bit. This is shooting I, the breeze. this is it is shooting the breeze. Uh, both of us put Barrowski in our names um, today, and i I think the takeaway from that game is just man, Wisconsin fans do not like that man, not one bit.. In a, I kind of don't blame him, but it was just a horribly rough game.
0: It was the worst. And the best part is, like, we were criticizing Borosky too, on Twitter. I think – were you on the sticks or was Cable? I can't remember. Oh, it
1: was me. It was and, me.
0: And, like, you were tweeting Borosky Hayden. People were flaming you, too. It was like, yo, we're on the same team. Like, <laughs> and I even put in the slack was, like, I don't mind it. But Wisconsin is getting the rinky ding calls that Iowa usually gets. And – <laughs> like you, you obviously we're happy with the outcome, but it's like we didn't want to watch that, like we're not happy about how we're not happy about the means to the end.
1: No, it was absolutely horrible, like I mean everything people hate about Big Ten basketball was wrapped up in the last two to no, not even two to five minutes, like that second half was just totally brutal, like the first game or the first half, you know, I think what was it? I tweeted, I think it was nine total foul calls. And then halfway through the second half, Iowa was at eight. Wisconsin was at six, something like that. And just no flow to the game. Teams were constantly stuck on points. And it was ugly. Like, I I, I just want basketball to flow. And there was no flow to that second half. And I tweeted at one point the the Ken Palm stuff, because it's it's hilarious to me. It's one of his bits that he'll do every now and then where the last minute took X minutes in real time, 20 minutes the last minute of the Iowa game took. And that should never happen. And that happens all the time in basketball now. College basketball isn't the only issue. It happens at pros. I'm sure it probably happens at high school level. We can ask that sometime. Brutal. Brutal.
0: Do you, well, uh, first of all, yeah, Ken Palm, he subtweeted us or whatever that phrase is quote called. Quote tweeted us, and that's sweet. Uh, do, you, do you think it actually, I mean, it felt like 20 minutes. I don't think it was actually 20 minutes. I think it was like 17, but the point still stands. Or did you did you actually do the math yourself?
1: No, I just, I, I trust him. He does it all the time. Like, I, I, I do think, trust I, him too. Yeah, I think the play-by-play that he uses, it has the play, the game time and the real time. So he just goes back and maybe there's some math he has to do between, um, you know, if a play happens on one side of one minute and then another side of one minute, he might have to do that. But it felt like 20 minutes. I'll say that much.
0: What What do you think Ken Pomeroy's viewing dungeon setup is like?
1: I don't know. Um, I've tried to triangulate some of the stuff. I think he lives out in Utah. So I imagine he's got a pretty sweet setup. Um, you know, the, the dollars that he's amassed, uh one dollars bill at a time, I think is probably pretty significant, would be my guess, just because you. Look, I think everyone throws it in or knows someone that's thrown it in, as I think happens with our blog. So he's got a sweet setup. There, there's... He's probably overlooking, what is it, the Moab Desert or something crazy like that.
0: I think Mojave, or is it Moab? I don't know. Moab is a place in Utah.
1: Yeah, yeah, Utah.
0: <clears throat> I don't know. Utahns, they call it Moab.
1: Oh, okay. well, whoops. We're, 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 no, I <laughs> I, 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 there's some weird pronunciations I just don't get. Like Colorado, I think is one, and... Nevada. I think you get in trouble if you say Nevada. So, like, the, I gotta, I gotta be conscious. I think it. you know it's
0: the other way around because I remember during the election oh, no. cycle they had a journalist and on because Nevada was one of the first states to get called or something. I think and uh, now I think I follow a guy on Twitter saying John Ralston. He's just a newspaper reporter. It's like and all I the only thing I want people to know is it's pronounced Nevada, not Nevada. I could be wrong too, though. It's easy to, re- to misremember, but this is this. Dig- we are digressing from several of the points we wanted to make on this podcast.
1: Yeah, so I think the first point to make is truly just how brutally that game was ref. Because I think it was, I think it's pretty close to 50-50, to be honest. But when you go and review everything, and everything comes up heads, it's going to make it look worse than it actually is. And here's my take on the hook and hold. To me, it looked like no foul, period. It looked like nothing. It A bad pass to a bad player. Agreed. And a well-defended play. So then they call the ticky-tack holding call on Murray. And Murray's like, that's, that's crap. So Murray, knowing everything, he's like, I got hook and held. A complaint he doesn't make if... They didn't already ding him with the foul. So, of course, they go and look at it. And, of course, Brad Davison hook and held because we'll get into it. But that's what he does. And I just (laughs) – the the double foul and then they trade free throws. Iowa ended up getting the ball. And in my view, that zero net points, Iowa gets the ball, is how I thought it should have played out. And to me, that seemed like a fair thing. Um – and then there are some other ones, but they missed that Micah Potter travel and Gardner got deemed on a foul. That I mean, travel some, was so absurd, yeah. Th- there was a lot that was wrong, but it all just – it's like the three-point basket. It all went against Wisconsin at the wrong time, where you like to look back at the Iowa-Ohio State game in Iowa City. All those threes went Ohio State's way at the right time. And, you know, that's just – those are the breaks of the game sometimes.
0: Um, I mean, I said this, I think my over, I mean, yes, I agree with everything you said. There's something I can say about the officiating. That's going to be intelligent. Uh, I just want to go back to, you know, me pounding my, paying myself in the back. I think it might, might've been two pockets ago. It's like, I can't wait until we get to the NCAA tournament and we are no longer having games officiated by big Ten officials. I mean, that's it. That's the crux of the argument. It's going to be fascinating to see how this team plays when, or how any, when we, as Iowa fans who, I, I honestly can't – I don't think I've watched any really other than when, like, when we play Gonzaga. I haven't sat down and watched like a, a Big 12 game or an ACC game this year the way I would have in the normal times for lots of reasons. And so I don't really know how Though – I'm assuming – I'm not seeing on Twitter that they're having the same types of problems we're all having. Um, we can start start the conversation now about Greg Garg's post-game comments where it's like <clears throat> finally I, – I, it kind of feels like the rubber is hitting the road. Uh, with maybe some changes might get made. Probably not, though, with the way the Big Ten's approaching officiating. Maybe Kevin Warren needs to find some goodwill. <laughs> so that'd be a really easy, really, really easy um, – what's the word? A victory for him, I think, if we were able – if he just cleaned house or inst- instituted something. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, The the thing that's always been kind of my horse when it comes to – the the refing and I I went in deep on this a couple of years ago, was just like, these guys are overworked. And they're constantly shuttling between things. It's like, why doesn't the Big Ten just hire or figure out a way where they can have the 18 best refs that money can buy and run them with a normal schedule? Now, I think they probably... The refs like it because, oh, you know, they're just game after game after game making money. But there's got to be some way you can figure it out. Like, in in a normal year, these guys would have been refereeing like, 60 straight days. And I saw way too much Boborowski this year. I saw um, a little too much DJ Carstensen, although I think he's one of the better refs, which he totally missed, like, the haymaker that Potter, I call it a haymaker, got, got grief on Twitter. But Enobo was straight to the face of Luca Garza that wasn't a basketball play. And I just don't get it. Like, I, th- there's no consistency. And I guess ne- the flip side is there's just never going to be consistency. But there, there has to be a way. Has to be a way.
0: It's a problem in all leagues, too. Wasn't there a big thing? Like, NFL refs, it's not their full-time job either. Yep. like It doesn't make any sense in these multi-billion, bi- billion with a B, industries <laughs> can't hire the people who are directly responsible for our enjoyment of the only thing we care about. And they're just <laughs> – they are pinching Penny. It's It'd be like – I what would it be like? Um, let me try and do something with food. It's like you're – using day old cheese or like really bad cheese at a really nice pizza place
1: or something like that.
0: Like you are scrimping at the very last mile of the marathon. It doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah I think I think maybe even the better one for a pizza place is like the marinara. Spend the extra 80 cents for the cans of
0: fresh- San Marzano's. Get San Marzano's. Don't get That's that all we hunts, want. hunts ketchup in a can. It doesn't make any, yeah, you're right. That's a much better one.
1: And, and, and unless you're just going to go all in on having cheap pizza, that's fine. But if you're, if you're going to be a respectable pizza joint, either go off and pick your own tomatoes or get the San Marzano's. That, that, that's, that, we're just asking for San Marzano tomatoes from the Big Ten when it comes to officiating.
0: And we're already paying San Marzano prices. Yes. The money's already there. <laughs> you, we are getting
1: grifted. <laughs> I, I think the, the favorite thing about this game was it It had such... And I, I, I stopped playing basketball when I was in eighth grade. But it had such... Uh, since it was just friends and family, everyone was just ticked off constantly at the refs. And there was a tension in the air. It was just... If, if I had lost, I would be so mad. But the fact that they won, uh, to me, is just the funniest thing that could have happened is the refing's horrible per usual. And then, um, it, but everyone's angry the whole time that it's happening.
0: I was like screaming. Like my mom hates it, like any mom. She hates it when I swear. I was yelling. <laughs> I was, I stood up for the last five minutes. I hugged, like, I just barely made, I made a tea time last second today. Uh, for golf, I just barely made it because the game went three and a half hours long. Uh, I hugged both my parents right before I left and just uh, sprinted to the golf course to make my tea time. It, um, that wasn't fun. It was, and, and beating Wisconsin is my favorite thing in anything like they're my least favorite <laughs> opponent in any sport for any team. I lo- we didn't do it today because it gets a little overplayed now that we're kind of beating Wisconsin a lot of things, but the L graphic. In the shape yeah. of their W logo is my favorite thing in the entire world. Uh, see, you know, reading tweets from my high school friends who I haven't talked to in five years. But I still follow them on Twitter, reading their <laughs> tweets about the Wisconsin basketball. That is oh, that shot is Freud. It's so good,
1: and, and you could barely enjoy it. I, I do yeah, want to ask. Exactly, I, I do want to ask because this was something I did. I. I I had some very serious questions about is you, we, we were texting today, or you you said in, in the group Slack that you, you just went to the clubhouse and you made a, do you make the Bloody Marys or is it now open for there's like a bartender you go in order? Cause you had mentioned in the past that you just had to kind of run the show yourself.
0: Yeah. So where I had the clubhouse bar, I have not really, it's really hard to explain. I'll just try and lay it out. My parents are basically the saying they're renting in this gated community in this kind of halfway ex-urban part of Arizona and there's a golf course in that community and there's a couple of pools and there's like pickleball courts and tennis courts. It's kind of like a old, you know, we, it's basically an old person's home, but for anybody, (laughs) uh, I guess it's actually very cool. I wish it makes me want to move down here. And so the T where they're renting the house, the house that they're renting, they really don't get any cable. Uh, so I haven't been watching, you know, no, I couldn't watch any of the games on the big 10 network. You could only get CBS and um, for wh- wh- whatever station, the Penn state game was on. I decided for guards. I broke a record. I don't even remember what station it was anymore. We didn't get, so I, there was like a, there's a little, right. When you drive up past the gates, There's a rent, like a leasing, not a leasing, but like a real estate office mm. where okay. people where you would field based on the company that, runs this community has their offices and in in there is a bar and it's been shut down um but they had tvs in there where and i didn't go there today to watch to try and watch the game Morgan of bloody mary then there's the clubhouse there's a golf course that they do have a bar and they have a restaurant and it's kind it's kind of just opening up all for the first time this since i've been here this this week because uh lots of people here have already been getting vaccinated uh like that's sort of how they I think they took a survey and like 80% of the people in this community have already gotten one shot already, which is great. Um, so they just started opening up the bar, but there are no TVs at the bar. Me and my parents, we had dinner with a couple that they, my actually my mom coincidentally went to high school with. They are also in this neighborhood. Total coincidence that they're here. So we had an outdoor type of drinks with them last night and I got fucking hammered. Uh, <laughs> second, <laughs> <or> second worth, second <laughs> worth, second worst COVID hangover i've had and so <laughs> this morning we didn't have alcohol i wanted to drink so i just had to go and so i, went to, I figured i the, i decided the only place i whenever i text it must have been eight thirty this morning or 9 or <laughs> earlier it's like i need a bunny mary so i drove to the golf course clubhouse and they made me a bloody mary and then i was like oh it's a really beautiful day out let's see if they have any tea times open for me and so i'm drinking uh, at the bar, and uh, I the caddy pro, whatever the caddy master comes out and asks for a tea time, and he gives me one. So it's been at two thirty or one twenty today, uh, and that was that. Does that answer your question? I guess I kind of forgot what it was.
1: That's ex- that's all I wanted to know. Is like yeah. I, I'm I'm fascinated by a number of things, but I think my brother, who I'm pretty close with, he's uh, my youngest brother, and he has a similar setup to you where he just basically third wheels with my parents and it is hilarious. And I, I love hearing these stories because it's something that I think is almost exclusive to youngest children. And I don't think it's like you or my brother are necessarily doing anything weird in terms of like, Oh, living off of their parents. Still, you just, you're, all bored. So you go do the same things together. And I'm just fascinated by, uh, the life that you're living right now, because I think probably it comes down to jealousy. Ultimately. Um, you know, I was, I was the only child for, uh, 18 months and youngest children are only children for the rest of their lives. So,
0: I mean, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here (laughs) And pretend like, and and not call a spade a spade. I've been living a truly charmed life. I told, as of yesterday, I'd been in Arizona for 23 days. And, you know, my dad was shocked. I had been there. And I will say, I think I said last week, I I bought a flight. I'm flying back to Chicago a week from today on Sunday. And and I'd probably stay longer if my sister is flying in. And she, now it's going to be her turn <laughs> with my parents. And she's flying in with her – I mean, actually, she's flying in with my little niece who's 20 months old. And then my brother-in-law is dr- driving their car down here. So it's going to be it's gonna be three more bodies once they get here on Thursday, I think. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be with you for three nights, but that's enough. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I have a couple of other friends in other states, and like mostly Florida, doing the same thing as me. And like, yeah, the 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 couple we were with last night, they're my the first week I was here, uh both their kids were here too, and the son the daughter's a year older than me and the son's a year younger. And the daughter is a, a nurse, so she had to leave, but the son has a desk job like most other people. And when I told him that I just flew flew out here with a one way ticket, he he was shocked. He was like, Why why didn't I think of that? Like, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Um I mean, yeah, it's great. I I, I, I don't really care what my boss thinks anymore at work because I'm getting all my stuff done, and you know we wouldn't be in the office anyway. I just, uh, I think he's just kind of like, and my work setup is much better here than it is in Chicago. I actually I have an office in the house that they're renting. Um, it's pretty. I'm gonna miss it. I really am. But it's It's time to come home.
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel you. There. Thirty days is a long time.
0: <laughs> it's so long. It's so long. Like I don't. Like, I miss my gym. Like, there's a gym here I could use, but technically I'm not supposed to, but i would just go in under my dad's name, but still kind of weird, and I don't know, I can still go for runs and everything here, but it's like, yeah, I miss my routine. The grocery store situation here, I, I'm not sure if I brought yeah. it up, it is absolutely atrocious, and that's a very weird thing I have about my lifestyle, as I need to do my own grocery shopping, and I, I just can't handle it anymore.
1: <laughs> Well, what's, what's going to happen, I guess, with your coffee setup? Is your coffee setup going to be – is it going to go down? Is it going to go up, or is it going to stay the same?
0: I have a, a great coffee story. Oh, yes. So my dad <laughs> – he, I, I got the coffee snobbery passed down to me from my dad. He also makes a French press, and he, he's even more snobbish. He has spent the money on one of those $120 bird grinders, and he still mm. still doesn't get the grind that he wants out of it. So he go. He still he buys the beans from his favorite coffee house in Minneapolis. It's called Spy House, and he makes them grind them there. Even though, <laughs> even though after a while, it diminishes the taste of the coffee, he prefers their grind so much that he makes them grind it. And so he he came down here with a five pound bag, and it the that bag came out. That I think it came out on it ran out my first or second week here. He ordered another five pound bag. It got held up in FedEx like three weeks late. So he, we went to the grocery store and he bought these like hoity toity. I think it's Stumptown roasters. Like, Oh yeah. Like $16 for not even a pound of coffee. He, then there is a Starbucks in the grocery store. He brought them, even though you can, they have those big industrial grinders there. He brought them to the Starbucks. It's like, <laughs> can you grind these for me? And they told him no come the fuck off as i should have and he was like if i buy starbucks coffee with you grind?" It? and they're like yeah because that's a very normal thing to do so we ended up buying so we bought the beans that and we have no grinder for it. he didn't even bring his grinder down here i'm gonna fly home with them to chicago and we had to buy we were drinking crappy starbucks coffee for a week and then uh the he called the Spy House place, the coffee roaster, zero weight. They sent him another five pound bag of coffee all of a sudden. And then, as soon as they send the first, the second five pound bag, the first five pound bag showed up. So now we have 50 close to 15 pounds of coffee in this house. Um, again, I don't know if that answers the question, but he 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 buys he buys more expensive coffee than I do. And okay. it's uh, it's been very, very it's all it's even better because he makes it for me. I only have to make my own coffee here, it's great. The only thing that's very tedious is like, you have to make two French presses in the morning now. And I hate cleaning my French press. I brought that up on here, I think.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, that's, I do French press Fridays every day and every day, every week. And and that is 100%. The running joke is, okay, there's French press Friday, but when is, what is clean the French press today? Because uh, I think, Some days I'm very good, and I clean it on Friday, but too often it is Thursday by the time that I'm cleaning it. Oh, it's bad. I know, especially since we have, like, the Nespresso, and we just do that every now and then, and then I finally figured out the drip coffee situation, which is wild, because I should have figured this out before, but I've started weighing, I tweeted this, I've been weighing the water and then the beans so that the ratio is as close to not necessarily perfect, but as close to consistent as possible. And I did it with um, like a HEB blend that we love, the San Antonio blend. And it's the best it ever was. And then I did it with um, the Onyx coffee that I have. And it was also very good. I think the French press is a little better, but from an ease standpoint, I was blown away that, Oh, if we have 400 grams of water and we can do the perfect math to, I think, what is it? 25 grams of coffee. Then yeah. Cause 16 to one, then we're good to go. So man, what, what a life. Uh, I I'm glad I figured that out.
0: Are you, when you say drip, are you just, are you using like a Mr. Coffee or something a step up or what is it? Your drip situation?
1: It's, I I think it's a KitchenAid, so like it, it was one that was more expensive, but it's not like it's a super super nice one. Um, it's not a Mr. Coffee stitch, but it's aligned to that. the The only like hoity toity thing I have is um, I do have the burr grinder, that's fantastic, and then um, I guess you'd classify an espresso as hoity toity, but. Um, the French press is the only non drip way I'll make coffee just because I think if our coffee cabinet got any more full of ridiculous things, Christina would probably be mad about like getting a Chemex or something. Like you just sit there and stare at your coffee. Yeah, I do. Sorry.
0: A Chemex is just too tedious. And like, I've had Chemex before and I I think I still prefer a French press even. I don't know. Um, yeah. So is it, last question on the coffee maker, is it like the setup though, it's like you have the carafe and then yeah. water, you use a coffee filter for your drip, like normal stuff?
1: Uh, well, the filter's like, it's it's got like the metal mesh stuff, so we just put it in. So there's no paper? It. Oh, yeah, it's got no paper.
0: I like that. Okay, we'll, we'll talk offline about that. Because I'm, I'm getting to the point where it's like, I need more than a pot of coffee a day. And I just don't want to make two French presses a day,
1: <laughs>
0: so yeah, that's where I'm at.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Um, the the other question I did have for you is: Do you do you just get Bloody Marys, or do you have you had Bloody Maria's before with tequila? Because I I am pro Bloody Maria.
0: No, I don't think I'd be pro Bloody, Bloody Maria. I get Bloody Marys with gin.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I, I, don't, uh...
0: I don't like podcasts, so I get bloody married again. I don't know if there's a name for that. Am I bloody, what, what's a very British name? I don't know. Bloody Winston? Or it'd be uh, a woman. <laughs> a woman's name, I suppose. would oh, Bloody Margaret, of course. We're idiots. Ah, yes. So, yes especially yes, yes. saying this now, I thought I had a really good joke. I forgot to write it down. Something about how we we're going to be live tweeting the Meghan Markle interview. During this I assume is that what your wife is doing right now that's what my mom's
1: doing yeah she's she's watching she's watching that um, uh, I have nothing to add yeah <laughs> other, I than, I, other than I, it's probably pretty interesting
0: I don't want to make my views on the royal family public quite yet
1: fair enough Ben is a closet red coat um just kidding <laughs> nothing
0: about that <laughs> lots of room in that closet.
1: <laughs> but back to the basketball game, um, there was something that I was working on. I think people who are longtime listeners of the podcast can kind of get the sense that um, we largely riff this thing. But one thing I did want to do some real due diligence on um, is an all-dirty Big Ten team. And this spans uh, generations. And, and I just kind of want to run this through with you just so that what what comes of it is properly acceptable because because I think I think I think it's fair. I think it's fair. So so you want to you want to do this Ben?
0: Yeah, I mean uh, yeah, I'm excited to hear I there's only I just wrote down one name. Obviously, I know one name's is Locke, but I just wrote down one name who could be a fringe guy. But the rest I have no idea.
1: All right. So at point guard, I I considered Aaron Craft. Um but That's a name me, I wrote you, down. Yeah, but but to yeah. me he was more he was an he lacked talent, but he always tried hard. I'm not sure if he was actually a dirty player, but simply someone who frustrated everyone because he just drew a lot of charges and got up in your grill defensively, not a lot of elbows, not anything. So he he's who I was considering for point guard. But then I went back and I looked and I saw Brad Davison, he a couple weeks ago had that elbow Against Mike Smith, and it sparked the Wolverines' run. So I'm going to put Brad Davis in that point guard.
0: Well, just out of curiosity, was Aaron Kraft even a point guard?
1: Um, I considered him one for the for this. Okay. Uh, I would consider him a point guard. Okay. All right, shooting guard to me is a lock. It's Brad Davison. Um, he was. The play that sticks out is when he defended Marcus uh, Howard against Marquette 2018, uh, came around a screen, uh, nut shot Joey Howard, Joey Hauser, um, long time ago, 2018, but Brad Davison's my shooting guard.
0: I know where this is going now.
1: Yeah, because my small forward is Brad Davison. Um, (laughs) The play that sticks out is uh, last season (laughs) – when uh, he was defending Joe Wieskamp, went around the screen, did this exact same thing that the starting sh- shooting guard did, and nut shot Connor McCaffrey. So, small forward is Brad Davison. Um, so, so, we got Brad Davison, Brad Davison, and Brad Davison. Um, power forward, little different. Um, Reggie Evans, he once punched a guy in the nuts, but The clear differentiator here is that that was in the NBA, not during Big Ten play. So doing some research, um, there was a guy against Minnesota in 2019. uh, Jordan Murphy went up for a uh, rebound. um, And this guy put his foot under Jordan Murphy. That guy was Brad Davison. Um, And so he's my power forward as well. Okay, which brings us which brings us to center now. There's a lot of talk on the internet about when you look at Big Ten dirty players, Brian Cardinal, but he's a little before my time. Highlights really don't exist. Um, so then my attention turns to um, Adam Woodbury, uh, poked the eyes, but that was an accident. Happened twice. Um, you know, lightning can strike at the same place twice. Uh, but then um, a couple years ago, also against Michigan. Um, perhaps the first of many hook and holds was Brad Davison on John Teske. So um, to uh, conclude this little bit, we have um, Brad Davison as point guard, Brad Davison as shooting guard, Brad Davison as small forward, Brad Davison as power forward, and Brad Davison as center. My all-dirty Big Ten team.
0: First, second, and third ballot, all of them are winners. i that, that was really good. Fantastic. Let me clap. I do want everybody to know I had no idea Harrison was doing that before the podcast in our pre-show notes between us. He said he's never done more research for a segment before in his life, and it shows. Really good work. Good homework.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Which brings me to your bit. Um, we have an update on the offensive line.
0: The update is there is no update. I am shocked. If you would have there offered, is. no, we mentioned that guy with the funny name was on campus on Monday. Is
1: there an is there an update since then? Yeah, there's a real update. Oh, I don't know what it is. Oh man, oh man. All right, all right. Carrying you, carrying you. This episode, okay. yeah. It's sorry, I've um, been golfing,
0: man. I'm on I'm on three week vacation.
1: Right. <laughs> you're on Arizona time. You're on Arizona time. Um, oh no, oh no, oh no. Yeah,
0: I think um, I'm right, right? Because he hasn't you know, been hired.
1: Oh, you're right. It was... Yeah, see? It was heavily indicated that the two lane offensive line coach um, who was previously at Miami of Ohio, yes, uh, report Pete Thamel had it first on Thursday... It is Tulane offensive line coach George Barnett um, spent the last seven seasons prior to this at Miami of Ohio, and according to um, JP NIC, uh, they follow a lot of the same uh, recruiting targets, so it will be a very seamless transition, or as seamless as it can get in terms of um, recruiting for the future seasons. So George Barnett. Nothing to come on uh, running backs, though. So we'll probably have to wait another couple of weeks.
0: So the first two guys who we th- had picked for a line coach aren't going to get it. We had that the guy with the Italian name and then the other guy.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Doing a lot of research here.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. So that's the offensive line coach search update, and we will uh, continue to bring that along as it happens. So I guess um, – You'll know when we do. <laughs> you'll know when we do. Exactly. Uh, I guess bringing it back to the basketball game, we, we've had our fun, um, but it, w- it was a big week for Iowa basketball. Um, the huge win against Nebraska, in which you know Jordan, Jordan Bohannon was awesome, eight threes, and then the game against Wisconsin. I know we talked about the refereeing, but um, there are some bigger takeaways from that. Uh, first, it starts with Luca Garza getting his jersey, reti- his number retired. Big difference. Um, and then Joe Wieskamp uh, having an injured left ankle, right ankle, um, mm-hmm. an injured left. foot, left foot, and, uh, you know, right day-to-day. Day. I, I think it was right. I don't know. It was right. Um, I'm
0: thinking about me seeing him on the bench right now. I think it was right. Uh,
1: okay. Okay. So um, two wins. I think we've, we've done this before. I certainly did it with my column last week where – we get a little cocky and we talk about things as if they are going to happen. And once again, we are undefeated with this positivity. So I think we're just going to have to keep going with it. Um, but really, what what are your takeaways from the week at large?
0: It's I wasn't able to watch the Nebraska game because of reasons I mentioned out here at my TV provider. Um, I was able to catch most of it on YouTube, though. They have, there was like a... 28-minute highlight video, which was basically the entire game, and I mean, I, that's exactly what we wanted to see. I think we are worried because Nebraska kind of took it to Rutgers, but then you, you kind of, you or somebody else um, brought me back down to earth, and he said, just, you know, Rutgers traveling east to west is really, really tough, and so I think I honestly think that's, that's what it was. Rutgers, Nebraska just isn't a, a good team, um, and we, we thoroughly outclassed them. Honestly, I wish uh, looking at the numbers post-game, I can't remember what they are now, but I wish our starters played less time than they did. Obviously, it wasn't <laughs> a big deal. I mean, yeah, I'm serious. But, and then that carries over to, obviously, Joey Wieskamp didn't get hurt in garbage time or anything. Uh, that's something I would like to bring up quick, though. It's like, Wisconsin fans complaining about everything. Remember, <laughs> the game wouldn't have been close if Joe Wieskamp wasn't injured. So <laughs> let's remember. So don't talk to me about getting bad breaks right now because... Iowa got, you know, one of the worst breaks dealt to them possible. Uh, the game went as well as you could have asked. The first half, uh, and then my my takeaway is in the comment. I think the very first comment on our on Matt Cable's recap of the game was about really good to see Iowa win a mucky game like that, which is absolutely right. Really, with some you know, Iowa typically typically doesn't win those mucky games. We're usually scared to get in the mud, or usually the breaks don't go our way. Uh, that's really something really important, really happy to see really, really hope we, I mean, I'm being as optimistic as we can for Camp. If he can't play for the, in the big Ten tournament, anybody will be ready when it matters in March later down the road. Yeah, fine. I honestly, I don't care. I will get in a double buy for the first time ever. Right. Uh, yep. huge. totally and completely <clears throat> cannot understate that fact. Do not love how it looks like Wisconsin will be the team we play. Um, don't want to see them a third time, uh, but, that, you know, it's fine if, um, you know, it's, it's tough to beat a team twice, even tougher to beat them three times probably. Uh, we'll see. Maybe maybe Brad Davidson will be suspended by that game, though, so it, does, it doesn't matter. I'm not expecting to see Joe camp for that game. I don't really want to. I said in the comments against Nebraska, I think, I, did, I didn't even want to see C.J. Frederick today, honestly, and he didn't even look 100% either. Um I would have liked to see more out of him and see how many minutes did he play today? He played, he played 29 minutes. So he played starters minutes, but I mean, he looked a little bit timid. He, what, he was only one for three. like only attempting three. He needs to, he needs, he only attempted five field goals total. He needs to hunt for more shots. He needs to, especially if there isn't going to be a Wies Camp. I don't understand his timidity because he has been, he has shown in the past that he's not afraid to be a, a number one option. And even with two incredible scores on the, on the team alongside him. Um, I, I, I don't know. Other, other than that, you have to be happy. I'm a little bit surprised. Uh, I would have liked to see a little bit more Tony Perkins. I think we only saw him in the first half and then he was put in a drawer after Joe Toussaint. I was really surprised to see he only had one turnover and that was from an outlet pass from Keegan Murray. That wasn't his fault. That one turnover, yeah. it felt like he had quite a few more. Um, he seemed like he was trying to do a little too much. He had three he had three pretty bad fouls. Um that they all seemed pretty avoidable and at inopportune times today. Um, two for four from the free throw line, Iowa as a whole, fourteen to twenty, not super great. It feels like we were worse actually looking at the box score now. Yeah. Um you know, I'm I wish he was on I he didn't seem like he was on the floor at the same time as Bohannon, though. Um that's another easy net to pick. But overall, uh, I, I'm just ha- the only thing I'm unhappy about is Joe Wieskamp.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of my takeaway, right, is you, you always start in the win-loss column, and then you go to the injury column uh, this time of year. And I think, how can you not be happy with a win against Wisconsin? And then losing Wieskamp sucks because he was 5-for-5, five five, 12 points, um, just on fire, but Play- I mean, playing as good as you could have asked. Uh, And, and really, that's kind of the weird thing about this game. I, it they whoever was on the court, there was that time where Iowa couldn't buy a basket. But really, it didn't feel like anyone played necessarily bad. It felt like Iowa got a lot of good minutes at a lot of players. Um, you look kind of down the score sheet. Garza, his twenty-one, Bohan and sixteen. Murray play, got 13, and then Toussaint did have six points, and I thought he did Joe Toussaint things, ultimately is kind of what it comes down to for me, and it felt, yeah, Wisconsin made those runs, and it stunk because it n- never felt like they were the better team. They just kind of had all their threes going in in the second half in a way that it had been a while for that to happen for them, so that's certainly stunk. Um but you take the win. Uh I, I think our, our our drum that you have kept us beating to is it's about the postseason. But when you look back on this regular season and you see Iowa coming in with the highest expectations they've ever had under Frey McCaffrey. And I I think this bears out because you look at the twenty fourteen team, the twenty sixteen team, they didn't have you know those top tier, uh, those top tier expectations that this team did, and to meet them, um, to be a number five team in the country, uh, to be a three seed, it's encouraging that they could stick stick to the season long game plan, um, and to, to be the three seed in a season where they were expected to be the three seed, and they carried it through. It, just, it was awesome, and it certainly felt like a coronation. Um, this is where it gets kind of a little premature to think about, but um, with the Luca Garza stuff, that was really pretty awesome to see this this afternoon. And then uh, thinking about the Bohannon stuff, um, it's just he, he seems to be playing his best basketball of his career at the right time, and it's this type of stuff that you love to see.
0: Yeah, Bohan had a tough, half, a tough half. He was really hunting for threes, and then I think he kind of realized that he didn't need to be shooting threes to make an impact on the game. He still there was one point. Um, at the, yeah, I mean, all all nine of his at one point, all nine of his points came off of his threes, and then he had, you know, the most clutch free throws of all time. Um, I mean, not of all time, but in the game for sure. And he might go down as maybe the best. Is there a better clutch free throw shooter in Iowa history? I know. Um,
1: I don't think so. Like yeah. I, I, I think the the ice that has flown through Jordan Bohannon's veins has really existed in a way um, you haven't necessarily seen from Hawkeyes before. Uh, I, I think about. I'm not sure if it was his very first game against Wisconsin, but one his freshman year where he made the game winning shot and yep. to to kind of close out his regular season career against wisconsin because i think there is a very possible very high plausibility chance that iowa and wisconsin play each other again to really kind of take the game over the last couple of minutes now it sucked that it was at the free throw line and we've covered it before but to those are still tough free throws and you still have to make them and he did and really brought iowa home to win
0: the gosh, I had something else to say. Now I can't remember. Um, happy with Bohannon? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like I said, you know, he was doing things. His defense has certainly, I feel like, taken up his. I think we're a little bit worried. Um, his hip lingering hip issue from last year is carrying over this year. I don't think that's a thing anymore. Um, his defense has opened up. He's kind of even though he might not have the same skill as any of the other point guards on the team, he's been driving the lane more than I can remember seeing him doing all year, maybe um, of his career for a while. He's trying to play like a real point guard. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't mean that. You know what I
1: mean? I, don't I, mean that I know what you mean. He had eight assists. That's something else that yeah. really. Well, yeah. Well, he said last week, he's
0: the assist record holder. Now at Iowa, he's the assist King. Like, yes, he's doing, I mean, these two seniors, uh Garza and Bohannon it's like a really special one one two combo and my my, my overall point um that I said I forgot and that I just remembered is if I would have told you that Iowa was going to be a higher seed in the NCAA I realize it's not the same thing but it's going to be a higher seed in the NCAA tournament than the Big Ten tournament like how would you wrap your how would you react to that Obviously, oh, I'd know, be over the moon obviously there's more than obviously there's four two seeds or or whatever and only one three seed but still you know the point still kind of stands
1: yeah, I mean I, I think you you think about it in the frame of reference i I was the third team out of fourteen call it top twenty percent and then when you're I guess the in the top five to eight out of sixty eight, I guess it's closer to ten percent. I would have been very happy to 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 answer your emotional question after trying to apply math to it.
0: And <laughs> that brings me to something my dad asked. What are they doing for the first four this year? Do you know? Not that it matters. Um,
1: all games on Thursday is my understanding. And they'll be in two in Indianapolis, one at Mackey, one at Bloomington. That is my understanding. I We'll see how that looks. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And I think you alluded to it a little bit. So let's discuss it briefly. Iowa's tournament chances um, playing the presumed, uh, we're presuming it'll be Wisconsin. But um, I believe, sorry, I want to make sure that I get this math. Correct. Well, uh, shoot. Um, sorry. This is just as you can tell. I, all of the research I've ever done for a podcast segment went to Brad. That, Davidson. I think it would. Yeah, it went to Brad Davidson. No, I think it would be between. Um, oh no! Please tell me it ain't so. So it'll either be the eleven seeds. Looks like it could be either Penn State or Indiana or against Nebraska, that would be the the winner would play Wisconsin, I believe. Give me How Indiana third
0: time. Give me Indiana third time for sure. Penn State, I feel nothing.
1: Okay, because I think I actually am a little more concerned about Penn State because I, I agree with you with Indiana. Two weird things happen against Indiana. One – The CJ Frederick injury, we've seen how Fran, I think, goes sideways. Because there's only one direction to go when you lose a starter who plays 30 minutes. It's hard to fill those minutes in the second half, which is why people were mad at the rotations in the second half. It's like, Joe Wieskamp isn't playing. You know what makes rotations really easy? When you can play Joe Wieskamp 18 minutes. Yep. Besides the point. But with time to prepare, I think he would be a little better. Lose it without Wieskamp if that's the case. And I think he wouldn't pull Luca Garza and foul him out for the whole first half if he gets two early ones against Indiana again. So I think those two things that happened in the previous two games, it's kind of a bad matchup. But I ultimately think that it would go Iowa's direction if Iowa gets them. And to me, bring on Wisconsin. I, I, I want to see them a third time. I want to see them as many times as we can get. Ugh, I don't.
0: The only team I really want to see again <laughs> is Illinois. That's it.
1: Yeah. 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 My Illinois take is that they feel like they could very much revert as a result of the officiating flipping on its head. I think right now they have the makings of the one seed that loses to an eight seed in the second round and doesn't make the tournament. I think they get a little full of themselves. I think that if Kofi Coburn and Ayudosumu get a couple early fouls in uh, a game against an eight seed because they're used to playing tougher defense and they get called on it, um, that is a team I have on upset alert early in the tournament. Even more than Iowa, because I think Iowa, of course, could lose early in the NCAA tournament. But I think their game will adapt much better than Illinois' because it's not built on a rugged defense that uh, is, in, is in the team's shorts. So that's that's my Illinois take. Um I look and I see, I I don't know. Like For the broad, the broader picture, I kind of just want to see Iowa. It would be great if they could win two. But if Joe Wieskamp isn't 100% for um, that first game, don't play him. I'm not going to put a lot of stock into a loss without Joe Wieskamp. I can't really see it dropping Iowa down to... A three seed in the NCAA tournament, I think they've done enough up to this point to kind of lock in that two seed, especially when you look around the rest of uh, the country, that two to three line seems really blurry, and Iowa seems about as close to the top of the two seed as they can be without um, without it necessarily hurting them. So that's where I'm thinking about the, uh, the Big Ten tournament and NCAA tournament muddled together. There was, um, a list of things that I wanted to do while I was on my six week parental leave. And, um, what happened was I didn't do any of them. Um, I wanted to kind of get through Peaky Blinders. We had discussed last podcast that, uh, that was a function of, um, That was a function of um, you know my wife and I wanting to watch it together, so didn't do that. I wanted to read more, um, and I read half of a book that I wanted to read the full thing of. Uh, so that was an I wanted to make more fresh pasta, and I didn't make it once. So that was that was a loss. Um, the other thing I wanted to do was was uh, there are some house projects that I wanted to do. You know how many of those I did? Zero. So there's like uh, a handlebar in the guest bathroom that the towel rack, it got dislodged. And that stunk. So I wasn't able to do that, or I chose not to do it. I don't know. Um, turns out having a kid is really a ton of work. Um, but the one thing I did do, I wanted to exercise every day. And I was actually able to get in a pretty good um, exercise regimen. So uh, Ben would appear to be back. I was just riffing about things that I wanted to do on parental leave that I didn't do, which was a long list. The one thing I did want to do was exercise, and that was the one thing that I completed. So I don't know. I feel like we've we've covered plenty of basketball. It's been a, it's been a fun podcast. So let's let's keep it going with the weird stuff. I mean, I hate talking about. Minnesota go for basketball. I'm just
0: really afraid. I'm really afraid to mm. get a good coach after Patino. I'm kind of afraid that Doug McDermott or Greg McDermott's going to fall up into Minneapolis. He's going to get rewarded for doing some dumb shit um, or saying some dumb shit rather. I'm afraid Musk could go there. That's all I really want to have to say about it on the matter. Because I believe you, ta- can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah. You were texting me about teams you want to cheer for. Um, and it's like, obviously, not going to cheer for Minnesota because they're not in the NCAA tournament. But, like, the only team I – like, I like cheering cheer for Michigan. I'll say it. I, I, it's oh, yeah. Like, fine. Especially – I did with John DeLine. I will with Juwan Howard. That's really the only Big Ten team I like cheering for. Not gonna Never will cheer for Wisconsin. Never will cheer for State. Definitely not cheering for Illinois this year. Um, I mean, maybe Purdue honestly. Yeah. Like Purdue could be, I mean, you went there, so you will be. Uh, I will. Yeah. But like they're just, they, nobody has put together. I feel like a quieter, good season in recent memory than Purdue. I'm so glad we played them when we did, because if we played them later in the year, we probably would, lose, we, not probably, but it'd be a much closer game. We beat them by 14. Right. So I just been a box score again. And like
1: when we beat them, it wasn't a game. It wasn't close. No, Purdue's a team that absolutely scares me, and I'm actually quite thankful that they're on the other side of the bracket because I can I can very easily see them just getting hot. Their defense being locked in because their defense more often than not is really pretty locked in, and they're interesting because that Ivy kid is he's fun to watch. And then they have the loads down low, and Trevion Williams and Zach Eady. Uh, yeah, but but the one team I do want to kind of throw in to teams I like cheering for, and I think this is a unique one. I love Maryland. Like I think that they are so interesting just because they their their historic their history, their background, the area they're in in terms of being outside of DC. I just find it fascinating and they constantly have really good basketball players and I know that they have some flaws but I just kind of like that team and I like that program and they've played Iowa tough for years and I always played them tough for years and it's it's been kind of the one of the weird teams I like seeing Iowa play because I just don't find them unlikable. And maybe that's just something unique to me. If someone has a reason not to like Maryland, I'm curious to hear it. I'm sure Maryland fans have plenty of reasons not to like Mark Turgeon, but I think he's a pretty good coach, and I kind of I, I like the, the team that they have.
0: Aren't they on the outside looking in? Are they a lot? Uh,
1: I mean, this is where it just comes to – I mean, they're – so What? what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven – yeah, I think I think Maryland, Maryland's lock, but it's like Maryland at nine and eleven, and Michigan State at nine and eleven. I don't know. We had some serious bottom eating the middle this year in the Big Ten. Because um, <laughs> I think your point's great about Minnesota. They're a team that I think is in a similar position of Maryland because there's a ton of good basketball in the Twin Cities area from a high school perspective, and they just. Can't keep it home, and when you said one of your friends would want John Beeline to be the coach, that would horrify me as an Iowa fan. Oh, uh, I don't.
0: I mean, he's not going there, but like, yeah, it'd be terrifying.
1: Uh, so, uh, to me, Minnesota is a total sleeping giant, and I think that Maryland. I, I don't know. I, I, I do want to like really dive into that because th- that's something that I enjoy from a an NCAA tournament perspective, and yeah. Wisconsin is the only team I actively root against. Illinois is 100% there this year. I do not like that team.
0: Yeah, they stink. <laughs> is Dosunmu, is he going to play in the Big Ten tournament?
1: Yeah, he played against Ohio State. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think uh, that is it unless you want a Top Shot update.
0: Yeah, we need a Top Shot. This is now, I mean, we have to.
1: Okay, so uh, Top Shot. We discussed it before. Um, anyways, what happened over the last week? I'm trying to remember what happened. Did I mention on the podcast that I got a Zion Williamson highlight, GIF, whatever you want to call what
0: it? Did you have, no, because you, you, you had said you purchased a pack and okay. weren't able to open it yet.
1: Yes, yes. So this week, there were two pack drops. There was one for $14 that I was lucky enough to get in and there was, and that's where I got my Zion Williamson highlight. And I finally get it now. I love having this little thing of Zion Williamson looking like a freight train and a Swan at the exact same time. And I get it now, but JP mentioned this in the comments because there was a second drop and they were releasing a very small amount of certain highlights calling them rare and they were going to be like $200 for this stupid pack. And JPS, are you going to do it? Are you going to buy it? And I just let the the randomness decide for me because as a opportunity to make money, I think I would probably sell whatever was in it to just break even for just trying to figure out the math. And okay, I can sell this thing for $220 happily there. It's out in the world. Um, but I didn't get it. And I think that that's a dangerous place to be is if you're just like, as a business, people don't necessarily want your product, but they almost feel obligated to get it. It, it feels interesting but to get something for the zion williamson thing i'm over the moon about it because it's so dumb and i like it so and it was 14 bucks it was 14 dollars it was reasonable it came with two other little highlights that are from players i don't really care about but zion yes
0: so what is that worth right now
1: um so that is a fair question um, there's an evaluate.market site that is
0: a. So there's already third party evaluation website for these?
1: Yeah, because it's like they're able to pull the data from it. Whoa. It's worth allegedly $400. Now, would I sell this thing for $400? I probably should. But what's going to happen is I'm going to get into a position where you're going to have to pry this thing from my cold, dead hands, my cold, dead digital hands, and it's going to get bequeathed to my son um, in hopefully 50 or 60 years. Let's say, you know, 80, 90. We're still doing this weird podcast as 80-year-olds talking about uh, Iowa sports, and I've still got this digital thing that's worthless now that my son will eventually get. So, um should I sell it for $400? Maybe. But what if Zion Williamson wins All-Star MVP uh, in the game that's going on right now?
0: What about Mike Conley? How's that?
1: Oh, that one is 20 bucks. I definitely should have sold high on that. That, that, that feels like Sad. a loss. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, the one thing I'm after, though, and here's another thing about this site. This marketplace where you go and sell these things, it's always down. It's never working. I don't understand what this is happening because you should conceivably want people to be selling all the time. And I think they're afraid of having that bubble that happened a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about it before continue to happen. Um, because I, I just kind of come back to, I still don't know what this thing looks like at scale. If it is, you know uh three hundred thousand people waiting for these drops every single time they come out is that sustainable as a business i don't I just don't know
0: has a bubble burst on top Shot already you think
1: well um that's a that's an interesting question. I would say that it hasn't necessarily but literally there was one day where they had over 40 million dollars in sales and it has not really come close to that since so if you're talking about literally a bubble bursting i think so but i think because this stuff is so closely associated to the nba it's backed by blockchain some blockchain ethereum i think it's the type of thing that's gonna just be volatile just because that's that's what it is. But it does seem like it is approaching a stasis. I just don't know if it's a true stasis or manufactured by not being able to buy and sell things when people want to buy and sell things.
0: Uh, so would I, do you think if I try to get in the site right now, I'd be able to buy one?
1: No, because it, it it is, we go to nbatopshot.com. The marketplace is disabled. We expect it back on Monday, March 8th. So
0: it's NBA.TopShot?
1: No, it's NBA topshot.com. And what's hilarious, I, once a day, will accidentally type in TopShot.com. And TopShot.com is its rinky-dink photography website. So Gallia Berry has to be wondering... <laughs> What is going on with my website? Why am I getting so many hits? Well, madam, or sir, well person, you are the the lucky person to have um,
0: oh my god, uh, this is not on my website.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It isn't this tremendous stuff. Jewish life is a gallery. It's Let's, password protected. Oh man, what a world. What a world. So that's Topshot.com. Yeah.
0: That's much, a, different, that's much
1: different. Much different than NBA Topshot.com. That,
0: that is awesome. funny. <laughs> oh God.
1: <laughs> Crush me out. This is so funny.
0: <laughs> that's this is funny. I'm gonna tell her. Um wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, I think that's it. That's everything I wrote down. Uh, yeah, I don't want more topic. but it's better for end of the season.
1: Okay. Okay. So, uh, for Ben Ross, for Bo Borowski, for Harrison Starr, for competitors, as always, for Gallia Berry, go Hawks.
0: I've got nothing clever to say.